Welcome to In the Weeds, a Mindscape podcast. Hey there, welcome to episode three of season three of the In the Weeds podcast. I'm Pete Brand, Mindscape CEO and co-founder, and I'm joined by... Connor Mannion, strategist here at Mindscape. All right. Thanks for joining us, Connor. Oh, this no is, problem. I get paid to do it. <laughs> this is this is going to be an interesting segment since Jeff's not here, and it's just you and me going mano a mano on this topic. I'm which, ready. I'm ready, man. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so for those of you that are listening, you can probably read and see that today the topic that we're going to be covering is email marketing. Um, email marketing has been something that uh, probably for the last 10 to 15 years has been a really interesting topic to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be, it'll be cool as we go through and to hear your context and actually hear the old geezer and, right. and, and the, uh, <laughs> the seasoned, now seasoned professional and kind of, you know, fill in the blanks of some of the ways that we look at it. Because yeah. quite frankly, I remember when email was first invented and, and, and how it was used way back in the day. You're dating yourself, man. I know. You're dating I yourself. Know, I know. Well, it's because I can't find anyone else that'll date Before me. I was... <laughs> Ba-doom-tsh. Nice. We, we nice. Some sound effects. <laughs> All right. So, so I'll I'll just kind of dig in um, and and get you right in the questions. Yeah. But, but yeah, email marketing is it relevant? We keep hearing all of these people that say email marketing is dead, or at least those are the blog posts you see and some of the interviews that you see. And I think it's those people that come to absolute conclusions just to try to get clickbait. Or get somebody to go. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know it was dead, but mm-hmm. but let, let's talk about it a little bit. If you if you could actually, from your perspective, let's talk about talk to us about the old ways of email marketing. Of course, there's context involved because you've, right, only, you've right. been paying attention to it for a certain amount of time. Any current statistics out there that you're aware of that you've come across in in your education process or as you're working with clients that you can share with us that that basically show us whether email is a, a good investment or a relevant tactic anymore. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much I can speak to the old ways of, uh, of email marketing. You know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of the little boy of this agency at 25. Uh, but I can't speak to, you know, the current perception out there. Um, and I, I think you kind of nailed it on the head with that clickbaity uh, <laughs> line there. I, I think... A lot of people undervalue email. You know, it's, it's one of the five main sources of traffic that you can, you know, have going to your website. I think a lot of people, you know, they probably heard, oh, it's email marketing. Like, I'm just going to tune that out. I think we've had a lot of clients, uh, you know, look at it as an option, maybe try it once or twice on their own and then kind of kick it, you know, kick it to the curb. And I think, you know, Stefan, actually, we, we just talked about this internally here at Mindscape that... Email marketing is doing really, really well for us, and we're completely like underutilizing it. You know, we're not hitting it enough. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's just this perception floating around there that like, oh, you got to do search engine optimization because you got to get that organic traffic to your website. You need to go to your Facebook and post twice a day. You need to go to your Twitter account and make sure you get 15 branded posts out there a day. Uh, you know, people are doing these things and they're catering to what they, what they hear and what they see online. But I feel like when it comes to email, a lot of people aren't actually taking that advice seriously. Um, you know, there are approximately 5.6 billion active email accounts out there in the world today. Uh, email works for every stage of the buyer journey. 
Um, and my people, you know, the millennials of the world, actually prefer businesses to communicate via email. I can totally attest to the truth of that because I don't know that I or any of my friends have ever answered the phone for like a number we don't recognize. You know, if, it, if it's if you're not coming up on my color ID on that cell phone, like I'm not I'm not picking it up. You know, so email's like a great way of getting in touch with those people. Yeah, I think you you made a really solid point there when when you're talking about um, you know people know they have to post two times a day on Facebook and mm-hmm. they need to do this and do that. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time reading articles on mm-hmm. what the latest, greatest tactic is to deploy. And because they're spending so much time educating themselves actually on the tactic or the implementation of tactics, that they forget to raise themselves up a little bit higher and look at it from a strategic level, mm-hmm. right? Because when you think about it, it, sure, if you post two times a day, on Facebook, is that going to give you all the leads in the world or all the success that you need? Maybe, but it depends mm-hmm. on what you're what you're creating. It depends right. on if you're creating something of value. But I think too too it's too easy for us to be driven by a desire to produce results, for a desire to increase sales, all of this stuff that we want to because we're human beings and we typically take the path of least resistance mm-hmm. we just want to go right to that endpoint and so right. so we end up approaching it very transactionally and we're we're ignoring the fact that the most successful companies out there and the ones that build the tightest client relationships are the ones that look at nurturing that relationship right. and they look at their communication as a way to be able to draw people in right yeah well and and I think they're I think that the perception that you know email uh, email's not going to get the job done stems from kind of an ignorance out there about what you can actually do with email. I I don't often hear uh, about people developing you know complex automations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we obviously being a digital marketing company have the tools with with HubSpot and SharpSpring to create complex automations and really you know meeting those users where they are based on their actions and being able to develop custom messages based on they opened this, but they didn't click. They didn't open this. They opened this, they clicked, they didn't fill out our form. Like being able to develop that smart content, personalized content, and you know everything centered around the actions the user has taken, is it really helps move people through the buyer's journey, which I, I think is kind of a lot harder to do on other, you know, on other platforms, other sources of traffic. Right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, think about it. Like there's today, I mean, I, I remember when I used to be overwhelmed by getting 150 emails a day, mm-hmm. right? And now I might get 300 emails a day, but I probably only opened 30. Right. And, but the, and, and, and like if I look at that first little teaser line in my email yep. and I can tell that it was sent out to a bunch of other people and not just me, I'm going to delete it unless there are some places that when I see it and I can tell it was sent out to a bunch of people, but every single time I've opened it, I found something that's worthwhile mm-hmm. and something that's added value to my life and something that's helped me like add a little bit more knowledge to my, to my knowledge base. I'll open those up almost every single time, but, but you know, it, it's just, that's not the way a lot of people do it. So, right. so yes, I can, you can cut through the clutter, even if you're sending a mass email as long as you're consistently delivering value and conditioning right. the recipients to the fact that this is worthwhile, this is something I want to check out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I mean, you touched on the other point there, which is subject lines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
if, if you're creating a unique or a good subject line that actually appeals to your buyer, right? You said, wasn't custom made for me, but you can feel like something's custom made for you if it's tying into your needs. Uh, you know, if it is touching into one of your pain points or challenges as a buyer, you're probably gonna open that as well, right? Um, yeah, let, why don't we why don't we talk about that a little yeah, more? Yeah, I was just gonna the, say that that's a perfect time because uh, because the second point that we want to go deep on is, you know, what are some of the new methods that marketers can use so that they're creating unique and compelling subject lines? Because frankly, the subject line is the first thing that's yeah. gonna give them a clue as to whether it's worth it to read. So how important is that? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously that's that's crazy important. It, you know, you can develop this gorgeous, beautiful email. And uh, if your subject line isn't great, no one's gonna open it, right? Doesn't matter how good the content is, doesn't matter what you're delivering, if your subject line isn't good, no one's going to open it. Um, anyone who's familiar with you know, SEO, it's the same thing there, right? You can build the best website in the world, but if you don't optimize it for search, no one's actually gonna see your website, even if it is amazing, right? Um, and I mean, and, and when, on the topic of new ideas, I mean, th there are so many tactics out there um, the ones that have, that have really, I, I, the, the ones that have really delivered for me, I would, I, I would say, um, and that I've actually noticed changes in our emails, um, are emojis first off, right? So that, that, now hold on, I'm a, I'm an old <laughs> geezer here and, uh, I just figured out how to like find some of the most recent emojis. Are you mm -hmm. telling me that that's effective? I mean, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Yeah. You know, you include an image in there. I, I mean, I would say, I would say it's it, there, there's a few different aspects to an emoji, right? The first is it differentiates y you in in your uh, in the receiver's inbox, right? right? You have all of these lines of text. You know, you have 300 emails, all of them text, 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 text. Suddenly, there's an image, mm -hmm. right? Your your eyes are going to be drawn to that. You might not be interested in what it is at all, but the point is your eyes went to it because there was a little, you know, a little ball of fire and you were like, what the, what is this? Like all, or an eggplant yeah, egg <laughs> or a clown face, <laughs> you know, whatever it may be, you're going to be drawn to that image. Um, another thing is it can get across your message. Like I said, pictures worth a thousand words. It can get across your message and help really drive home whatever you're trying to do. Right. If it's like. You know, if, if you're an e-commerce site and your subject line simply, you know, save 20% off your next purchase, you have three little dollar signs as emojis in front of your subject line. Well, the, before they even read your subject line, the receiver of that email, the receiver is going to think like money. You know, they're already going to have their mind focused on what the topic of this is, which is saving them money. Right. Um, let's see. Wh what else? I, I like that. I... I, I... Now you're actually trying mm -hmm. to woo me over to the dark side <laughs> of the millennials. Um, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, yeah. there are some downsides with that as well, you know, depending on user, uh, user platforms and everything, like certain emojis or certain things uh, might not show up. Uh, they might just show up as, you know, blank boxes or X's. Um, and I think sometimes they can be marked as spam. But I would, you know, test those. If you test your emails before you send them out, make sure that they're sending correctly and things are, you know, populating right. Test them on a few different email platforms. You can, you can, you know, measure that beforehand and make sure that your users, like the majority of them, are actually going to see that image. So, so speaking of, of testing, um, let's say, you know, like you said, you could have the best email in the world. Mm -hmm. But if you have a subject line that someone's not clicking, yeah. like what are some of the, the tactical ways that you could 
like if you wanted to keep the same email and you're like, man, the, the open rate was like a tenth of 1%, mm-hmm. but I really need to get this information out. Like what, what type of, of methodology or whatever would you use to be able to find out what could work better? Yeah. So, uh, something we do, you know, here a lot at Mindscape is AB testing. So, uh, um, can, can you explain you take, what AB yeah, testing yeah, is? You'll, you'll take a portion of your list. You know, let's say you have a uh, thousand contacts in this list. Um, you, you take 50 of them, you take a hundred of them and you, you send half of those, half of that sample size, uh, an email with one subject line. You send the other half an email with your other subject line and you see which performs better, which gets a higher open rate. Then whichever one performs better, you send that to your larger list, right? Okay. So easy way to take, you know, take a small sample of your audience, send them to even three different, uh, different subject lines or even different emails and just see what performs better before you attack that larger list. Right. No, that's great, man. That's great. What other, what other things can you use to be able to get people to, uh, or write a compelling enough subject line to get them to open that email? Yeah. I mean, so, so, um, there is comedy, right? There's urgency. Um, but I, I think something that I would, you know, that we like to use a lot is incentive, right? Have the benefit out front. Have the incentive out front. And it doesn't have to be, like I said with e-commerce, it doesn't have to be 20% off, but just speaking to the benefit somebody is going to get from opening the email. Why why are you sending them an email? What are they going to get from opening your email? How is their, you know, their life or their job or whatever it may be going to improve from opening that email? Put that incentive out front you know, a front and center of your subject line, make sure they see it, and they're gonna be a lot more likely to open it because they know the benefits to opening it, right? If, if you attack it with some vague, uh, you know, some vague thing that doesn't look like this is going to be useful content to me, like why, why would I ever open your email? Yeah, what I, what I kind of get through that statement is um, communicate as if you're talking to a, another human being mm-hmm. and that you're being respectful of their time and getting to the point right. and, and letting them know that they're going to be fulfilled if they invest their time to click it and open it. Yeah. yeah. It, it seems like simple communication practices to me. Um, and, and I can see why a lot of people, you know, whether it's they're getting a lot of pressure from their boss, you know, or marketers or whatever, who 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 go to that transactional side, mm-hmm. and they and they kind of they they shy away from the relational side. It takes a lot more work, but there's always circumstances that mm-hmm. are that are pushing you in one direction or the other. Um, and so I, but but hopefully, you know, if anyone's having that struggle where they're getting pushed so much for results mm-hmm. that they're not able to create a compelling enough you know, email campaign or get, get people engaged, then maybe they could utilize this podcast to, to talk to their boss and have right. them realize that it's a marathon and not a sprint. Mm-hmm. It's a long-term oh, relationship. Oh yeah. Experimentation is huge. You know, you, you have to test and, and I would encourage, you know, anybody who's handling email marketing to experiment with different tones and voice, right? You, you don't have to be in this gray zone, especially not in email you don't want to be. We're talking about how important subject lines are. You don't want to be, you know, the boring brand. Experiment with, like, humor. Experiment with sarcasm. Experiment with, like, maybe even experiment with kind of, like, poking fun or insulting your, you know, your users. Like, depending on who your user base is, those things might perform. And at the end of the day, like that one email that led you to discover, wow, like our audience really enjoys humor is going to lead to just an incredible amount of success for you in your future email marketing. Right. Yeah, man, I've always been, you know, I I probably said it so many times that I make myself sick, but 
conservative and cautious is bland and boring and no, it's not even deserving of anyone's attention. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think it's important to be a little bit edgy and to push the envelope a little bit because you want to stand out and being vanilla does not stand out. You're not going to learn anything new if you never take a little bit of a risk, right? Right. You gotta, you gotta take a little bit of a risk there. And I mean, you can tiptoe into it. I'm not asking you to dive head first into freezing water here. Like, you know, you can walk in slowly, but like you, you gotta take some steps, right? Yeah. No, man, that's great. Um, so I, I think that our third point that I'd like to talk about is just some of the best practices of email. I mean, I think we've talked about several best practices, but but anything that we've missed out on, and uh, just kind of give me your insight on that. Yeah, I mean, um, there, depending on who you ask, right? There's a ton of best practices here. Um, two of the things that I guess I'd like to highlight are just to deal with length because I feel like when you establish parameters for the length of your email and the length of your subject line, it can really help you, uh, you know, build out your email. Um, subject lines should be 41 characters, which is around seven words. Uh, you know, it, it might seem short, um, but that is really going the, the subject lines of that length see the highest open rate. Okay. Um, now, you, you know, if you get a little more specific, you might see a better conversion on your email. You know, it really depends on what you're se- sending. But in general, I would try to stick to that 41 characters, roughly seven words. Um, the email itself should be between 50 and 125 words. A lot more leeway there, right? That's a huge range of uh, 100 or uh, 75 words, you know. But try to keep it, you know, under 125. Keep it pretty short. It has to be digestible if you want anyone to click. If it's too long, you know, people are going to scroll and immediately go back to whatever they're doing. They have to be able to, you know, know what you're trying to communicate and be interested in whatever it is you're, you know, you're trying to sell them on immediately. If right. they just see a wall of text, it's a no-go. They're, they're going to leave, right? And then you've got that call to action that they can follow and dig deeper somewhere right, else right. on your well, site. Well, and that's, you know, that's another one there is, is keep the main messaging and the uh, call to action, the CTA, above the fold. Do not make your recipients scroll down, you know, for eons before they get to whatever, you know, whatever you're asking, before they get to a call to action. You should, you know, you can have content below the fold, but make sure like what you're asking for, the benefit they're getting, whatever you're trying to sell, and that CTA are are visible as soon as they open the email. You know, right. they they should be able to look down and see like, yes, I'd love to buy a new doghouse, whatever, you know, whatever it is, click the CTA. Yeah, I can see that, especially if you've done a really good job of clearly articulating the value that they're gonna receive in the subject mm-hmm. line. They might not even want to consume any words of the email. They might right. want to go right to that deal and check it out, especially if it's like a time-based offer or something mm-hmm. like that. Like make it easy for well, them. Well, that's to the have. urgency we're talking about yeah. earlier, right? Um, let's see. I, the the last one I, I suppose that I'd want to touch on. Well, I, I have two. Um, one is is personalized, right? You you need to inject personalization tokens in your subject lines and your email content. Um, a lot of times that's simply going to be the name, you know, you're, you're not going to say, uh, hey friend, or just, hey, you're going to say, hey George, yeah, it, hearing your name, seeing your name is a trigger for, for people, you know, psychologically proven there. You, you need to include their name, and if you include other things, like maybe their last purchase, um, you know, you, you could include uh, a city or something like that, you know, obviously you don't want to get too in-depth and become borderline creepy, yeah. but including personalizations token, 
personalization tokens and making that that recipient feel kind of like you said earlier, like this was custom built for me. Uh, um, that that's huge. Um, and then the last thing would be mobile experience. Mm. All of us are getting email notifications on our phones now. I, you know, at work I check my my email on my computer, but no other time right. am I ever on my computer checking my email. I get the notification. You know, my email is synced up to my phone. I immediately check it, quickly scan, put it away. Right? Well, then, so, well, then, well, then, how do you explain those times where I send you an email, it takes you three days to reply? <laughs> you just threw yourself under the bus, and now I have evidence, Your Honor. <clears throat> what? Huh? Uh, no. I, must have gotten lost in the spam folder. Um, yeah, no, I, I, but I, I think a lot of people underestimate that mobile experience. Um, you know, we see it with websites too. With email, you, you got to test mobily. You know, right. send, it, send, it to your, uh, send it to your email, pull it up on your phone. Make right. sure that, um, you know, your images are, are scaling down. Everything still looks great. Everything still looks presentable. And again, like we talked about, that fold is probably going to be different on a mobile device. So also make sure that you're accounting for that. Make sure your CTA is still pretty, you know, pretty easily, uh, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It, it's there. It's apparent. It's right. right there above the fold when you scroll on your mobile as well as on your desktop. That's great. And as far as personalization, just a couple things that I'll add there. Um, one of them is some some of the ways that people approach email marketing is very evident in the language they use as they refer to it. Mm -hmm. Anytime I hear someone saying, you know, we do two email blasts a month and we we do an email blast when there's a sale <laughs> and this and that. How many people like being blasted? Right. That is about is is little. There's there's just no personal mm -hmm. nature to that type of email at all. So so one thing I would say is fix the way that you view email by the language that you use. If you're mm -hmm. you know look at it as you're nurturing a relationship, you're not blasting them with information, and that leads to the second point I wanted to talk about is make sure that you're segmenting your database to the point where you're sending relevant information to relevant audiences and don't try to be one size fits all in an email because like it's like if I'm sending out an email to three different personas that I'm yeah. trying to market to and I talk to all three different personas in one email they're going to think I'm nuts or I've got mm. multiple personalities and they're going to be like <laughs> how is this relevant to me and then the next time you send them an email, what's going to happen? Delete before they're not yeah. even going to open it. Well, so. I do want to say that there's one last thing that you you just sparked in my head that I want to say as well. Guys, you can send multiple emails, right? Um, you know, I hate to say it. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you're, you're not as important to these buyers as you think you are. And if you send three emails in, in over the course of a week and a half, they're not going to hate you. They're not going to be mad at you. They're constantly receiving emails from all kinds of brands, right? Sending three to remind them, you know, they, they might have saw your first one, not opened it. You know, the, second, the next one, three days later, they see it and they're reminded. They might open it that time, but maybe they don't have the time to take the action that's in your email, right? You, you aren't going to annoy these people like nearly as much as you want. And I encourage you to look at your data. You know, I'm speaking in generals. Don't distrust me. Uh, you know, if, if people are unsubscribing to you after three emails, I maybe you are sending them too many or maybe your content isn't what they were looking for. But... Uh, Getting getting three emails in your inbox from a brand in a in a you know a week a, a week and a half a two week span it's not going to break you right they're they're not going to suddenly turn tail and run away from your business because they've received 
you know, a few emails. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thank you very much, Connor. This has been fun. Um, I love uh, having these conversations about marketing stuff. And I, I mean, I'm not the one doing it every day and you guys are, but every single time that I have a conversation, I get to learn more and, and hopefully keep myself relevant. So I'm not one of those finger wagging guys talking about all you young whippersnappers. Yeah, I wanna... man, always, always glad to insert uh, my younger opinion into the conversation. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> Age has nothing to do with wisdom, my friend. And I would say that you've got quite a bit of wisdom for whatever age you said you were. I can't remember because <laughs> then I'd be admitting that you're half my age. So anyway, um, so the three the three topics that we went in the weeds on today related to email marketing is first, we talked about the old way of email marketing, which is basically batch and blast. We um, shared some current statistics that you can use if you have to get some of your stakeholders uh, bought in so that you can start to do effective stuff. The second point was new methods that you can utilize to create compelling subject lines to make sure that your glorious content's not ignored because no one opens the email. And then lastly, we covered a few best practices. So um, uh, appreciate everybody tuning in for this episode. Uh, make sure to head on over and check out our website if you'd like to see some other episodes. You can find that at wearemindscape.com forward slash in the weeds. Uh, if you've got any topics that you'd like to share with us or have us cover in future episodes, go ahead and visit our social channels with the profile We Are Mindscape. And, and if you're sending any messages, make sure you use the hashtag in the weeds podcast. Um, or if you want to embrace the tactic that we just spent a lot of time talking about today, you can send us an email at in the weeds at wearemindscape.com. Again, thanks a lot for tuning in and we'll see you in the next one.